Chapter 22, verses 24 through 27. Luke 22, 24 through 27. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he as he who serves. For he who is greater, or for who is greater, he who sits at the table, or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. Over the next couple of Sunday nights, we're going to be engaged in a series entitled Improving Your Serve. When I was in preacher training school, we had a ping pong table. And as soon as class was over, all the students, if you can imagine preaching students, ran down the hall because whoever got to the room first got to play first. And I got to be pretty good at ping pong. But one of the things I learned, I never was champion though. I just, just wasn't me. One of the things I learned though in playing ping pong is that 90% of being a good ping pong player is having a good serve. Being able to spin the ball and, and, and just make your opponent whiff on the first serve, that's, that's just greatness for a ping pong player. Christians are saved to serve. And all of us ought to spend time thinking about improving our serve as Christians. We need to. We need to be able to say, I am a servant, and not just that I'm a servant, but I want to be a better servant. Think about this statement. The only people in this world that have really figured out how to be happy are those who have sought and learned how to serve. I believe that's true. Whether they're Christians or not, the only people in this world that if you ask them, are you happy? And they're really honest about their answer. The only people in this world that have really figured out how to be happy are people that have sought and learned how to serve. And when you and I come to Jesus Christ and we become New Testament Christians, Jesus makes us servants. And we have songs in our songbook about that. Make me a servant, Lord, make me like you. Because Jesus, as we just read in Luke chapter 22, said, I'm a servant. I am among you as one who serves. The greatest thing we could ever be is a servant. You know, people are wrapped up in identity today. Who am I? And they're telling us who they are. And the way people do this is really fascinating because what we do is we look in our hearts, we look at ourselves, and we think about what's going on inside, right? What's happening in our hearts? And we identify all these different characteristics of ourselves. Well, I'm a male, thinking about me. I'm a husband, I'm a father. I'm a gospel preacher, I'm these things, and, and this is who I am. And so what people start to do these days is they, they try to decide which of those things about ourselves are most important. Because there's a lot of things going on inside me, there's a lot of things that, that, I, that I feel and I think and, and, and that I want, 
and I try to figure out which of those is most important. And so people today are looking at themselves and they're, they're deciding what's most important about me, what's most important about who I am and, and what I'm after in this world. And what's interesting is that when you read the Bible, the Bible says the most important thing about us is that we're servants of God. And the thing, the thing about identity is that it's like a deck of cards. We, we get to decide what's on the top. We get to decide the thing that's most important of that deck of cards. Improving our serve. It's about being a servant. It's about saying this is what's important about me and this is who I am and this is what God wants me to be. Improving your serve. What I want us to do with our study tonight is this. I want to give you five reasons why we ought to serve. And it looks like, David, am I right? Are we not gonna have PowerPoint from this point forward? Are we done? David's as mystified as I am. Okay, no problem. You know what? A wise older preacher once told me, don't ever get in the pulpit without having a backup plan. And so I'm gonna execute backup plan number one and I'm gonna step right here. Oh, there it is. You know what? I don't even need my backup plan. That was great. Awesome, very good. Okay, improving your serve. Why be a servant, okay? Five reasons why we ought to be servants of God and why we ought to work on improving our serve tonight. Number one, serving makes us more like the Lord. When we think about what it means to be a servant, it's great to be a servant just in general. It's great to have a, a heart for people, to have compassion for people, to be interested in people, and to help people. Those things are noble in and of themselves. But when you look at New Testament Christianity, being a servant means that I am becoming more like my Lord. And that's even more special when you think about what it means to be a servant. In Mark 10, verse 45, Jesus says about himself, even the son of man, that's Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why'd you come, Jesus? Who are you? What are you all about? Well, Jesus would say, I'm the son of God, I'm the son of man, and this passage is the phrase he uses. But Jesus would say, I came because I am a servant. Look into yourself, what does that deck of cards say? What, what kinds of things are important? Jesus says, what's important to me is that I serve. And if we wanna be like Christ, being a servant has gotta be at the top of our priority list. Luke twenty two twenty seven passage we read just a moment ago. Who is the greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? He's talking about greatness here and that Jesus says, I've humbled myself. I am among you as one who serves. You know, sometimes we get a really high opinion of ourselves and we think that we're too good for some things. Even if we don't admit that to ourselves, that's kind of what we feel. And Jesus says, I'm not too good to be a servant. I'm not too good to humble myself and to bless other people and to wash dirty feet. That's our master, that's our savior, that's Jesus Christ. When we serve, brothers and sisters and friends, it makes us more like the Lord. In John 13, 15, after he had washed those dirty feet, Jesus turned to his apostles and he said, do you know what I've done to you? 
You call me teacher and Lord for so I am. And he says, but I've given you an example that you should also do as I have just done to you. Jesus said, be a servant because this is who I am and I'm setting an example so that you can do what I do. What does God want from me? What does he want from you? He wants me to be a servant. He wants you to be a servant because it makes us more like Jesus when we serve. When we forget about ourselves and we forget about our desires and we think about others and how we can be a blessing to them. Makes us like Christ. Reason number two, why should you and I be servants of the most high God? Because serving brings glory to God. It brings glory to God. You know, philosophers have puzzled for years about why we're here. Some people have decided there's really no meaning to life. We're just, you know, a cosmic accident and here we are and there's really no purpose to all this. We're just here and we're just on this planet hurtling through space. Other people have tried to find the meaning of life in beauty or they've tried to find the meaning of life in in love or in money or a lot of other things. Did you know that the Bible gives us the reason why we're here? Isaiah 43, verses seven through 10. God says in Isaiah 43, verses seven through 10 that he had created us for his glory. What God has done is he's built us, he's created us so that we can glorify him. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. My reason for existence is to glorify God. And now watch this, when I serve, it brings glory to him. Notice 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11 talking to the church, talking to Christians. And in this passage, he's referring to specifically miraculous gifts. But listen to what he says to the church. As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Why does God give me talents and abilities? Why does he give me opportunities? Because he wants me to serve others and especially in my heart, there needs to be a special place for the church. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks as the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. And then watch what's highlighted in blue on the screen. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. You know, we honor and glorify God when we worship him like we're doing tonight. We bring him our hearts and we bring him our time and we bring him our concentration. Those things we offer to God as sacrifices, as spiritual gifts, the praise, the fruit of our lips. We do that to honor and to glorify God, but we honor God and glorify him as well when we serve. It glorifies him. It makes him honored. It's a reason to serve. Reason number three to serve this evening. Serving demonstrates that we know God. The greatest thing you and I could ever do is to know God. In Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24, Jeremiah said, let not the rich man glory in his wealth. Let not the mighty man glory in his strength. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. But let him who glories, let him who rejoices, glory in this, that he knows and understands me, says the Lord. 
You want to know God? Be a servant. Notice the following passages with me. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. This is an identity passage if ever there was one. When we are saved, God makes us into his workmanship, according to this passage. When we go down to the waters of baptism, a lot of things happen. Yes, we're forgiven of our sins. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're added to the church. All those things happen in the waters of baptism, according to Acts 2, 38 through 47. But in addition, Ephesians 2, 10 says that when we're baptized, we are crafted by God. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, watch this, for the purpose of good works. We are to go around doing good, good works. That's what we were built for. That's the way God made us, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It is a lifestyle. Being a servant, being full of good works, it demonstrates that I'm God's workmanship. I know God, I have a relationship with him because of what Jesus did for me at the cross. Another passage, Philippians 3.10. Paul said, the one thing in, in this life that I wanna do is I wanna know him and I wanna know the power of his resurrection that I may share in his sufferings becoming like him in his death. Paul said, I want to know Jesus Christ more than anything else. And when you stop and think about what he's talking about, he's saying, I want to live my life as a servant like Jesus did. He died serving people. He went to the cross as a servant. He humbled himself as a servant and he was obedient to the point of death. And if I want to know Jesus, if I want to know God, being a servant is how that happens. Number four this evening, what are some reasons to serve, reasons to be a servant? Serving expresses love for God. How do I show God that I love him? Being a servant means that I, I, I know God, but it also expresses that I genuinely love God. Observe the following passages. In Genesis chapter 29, verse 20, I've thought about this passage for years. The Bible talks about, you remember how, how Jacob was, was, um, was, was serving so that he could marry this girl, Rachel. And he served seven years for her. And, and, and the Bible says in Genesis chapter 29, verse 30, that he served seven years for Rachel and those seven years seemed to him as but a few days because of the great love that he had for her. Wasn't even, a, wasn't even a consideration. Jacob loved Rachel, and so serving, that was nothing to him. When we serve, we express our great love for God. I'm happy to humble myself. I'm happy to be involved in this work, in this activity. I'm happy to bless others because of my great love for God. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 the Hebrews writer says to his brethren God is not so unjust as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do serving expresses our love for God when we think about being servants you know there are a lot of people that they think about servanthood as kind of a take it or leave it thing I'm going to leave servanthood behind I'll pick it up when I feel like it. I'll pick it up when it's convenient for me. That's not the way the Christian life is structured by God. 
If we want to express our love for him, keep his commandments, serve others. In Galatians 6 verse 10, we find this challenging passage. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. God created us to do good. He created us to serve. And we express our love for him and our love for his people when we do so. Why should I be a servant? Reason number five, because serving brings joy, not only to God, but to others as well. Serving brings joy to God and to others as well. Hebrews 13, 16 says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. It's interesting to think about when I serve, when I bless, when I do good for others, it is pleasing to my God. It brings joy to him, it brings joy to others. Another passage, Psalm 40, verse eight, the psalmist said, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. When we think about how we serve, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can have a bad attitude. We can do all the right things. We can be a servant, but we can serve with the wrong attitude. But when we serve with the right attitude, my pleasure, like they say at Chick-fil-A, I'm glad to be a part of this. I delight to do your will, oh my God. That's the kind of attitude that demonstrates that we wanna bring joy. We wanna please our God and we wanna bring joy to others. First Timothy chapter five and verse 10, Paul was writing about widows who would be put on this list of who was gonna receive support from the church. And, and when he's writing about the qualifications of widows that could, that could be added to this list, One of the things he says about these widows is that they ought to have a reputation for good works. And then he lists a bunch of the good works that it would just be expected. It would just be natural for a Christian to be involved in in the first century. And we ought to stop and ask ourselves, you know, I know he's writing about a situation in the first century. And I know he's writing about a specific group of people. But are these things that I've been involved in that you've been involved in? Look at the list. If she has brought up children, if she's shown hospitality, if she's washed the feet of saints, and that could be a lot of things when you stop and think about. Washing the feet was a literal thing that they did in the first century, but there's a lot of other ways to care for people's physical needs. If she's cared for the afflicted, if she's devoted herself to every good work, wouldn't the world be a better place if more people lived that way? Wouldn't the church be a better place if more members of the church made it their goal to be better servants, to improve their serve, to bring joy to God and to bring joy to others. Reasons why we ought to serve. I'd like to ask you some questions. These are for you to consider as we think about this idea of improving my serve, as we think about this idea of becoming better servants of God. Four questions. Question number one. Is the church stronger and are people strengthened and comforted because of you? Not because of your husband or wife, not because of your mom or dad, not because of your grandchildren or grandparents. Is the church stronger and are people strengthened and encouraged because of you? 
What are you doing to contribute to the strength and encouragement of others? In Mark chapter 14, verse 8, Jesus speaks about a woman who had just anointed him, and he, he says one little phrase. He says, she has done what she could. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something to strengthen and encourage somebody else to be a servant. Is the church stronger because you are a part of it? Question number two. Do you do a servant's work with a servant's heart? And I'll just tell you, that's hard. To consistently do a servant's work with a servant's heart. To do those two things at the same time, that's hard. Doing the servant's work, okay, one thing. Having a servant's heart, different thing. Both together. Do you? Sometimes the things that we get involved in, the activities that we're a part of, we can have just the worst attitudes if we're not careful. Jesus said, I came to serve. That's who I am. That's my identity. That's why I'm here. I want you to be like me. Mark 10, 45. Question number three. Are you determined not to grow weary in doing good? We just read Galatians chapter six, verses nine and 10 warns us not to do that, but then so does 2 Thessalonians three, verse 13, at least two times in the New Testament. Do not grow weary in doing what's good, what's right. And in days when it seems like the needs are never ending, when it seems like all kinds of opportunities are there, but they certainly can become a burden. When that's true, we need to remember these passages. God says, don't rely on your strength, rely on mine. Don't grow weary in doing good. Are you determined not to do that? Question number four. Are you looking for opportunities to serve? You know, a lot of people wait until they're asked. There's nothing wrong with being asked to serve. There's nothing wrong with people coming in and saying, there's an opportunity, there's a circumstance, and I'd really like your help. That's great when that happens. But are you being proactive? Are you looking? How can I minister and serve others? How can I be a blessing to those around me? In Luke chapter 10, verses one and two, Jesus told his apostles, he said, lift up your eyes, see the possibilities, the harvest, and then pray that God would send laborers into his harvest. Are you looking for opportunities to serve? When we think about this idea of being better servants, of improving our serve, it helps us to know God better. It makes us more like his son, Jesus Christ. It brings joy to God and to others. It's who we're called to be. Deep down inside, Somebody asked Paul, the apostle, who are you? Paul would say, I'm a servant of God. Somebody asked James, who are you, James? I'm a bondservant of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That was their identity. That was how they introduced themselves to others. That was the first thing out of their mouths. That was what they would tell people. I'm a servant. Somebody asked Jesus, what'd you come for? I came not to be served, but to serve. How about you and me? How about our identity? How about being a servant? If we can help you to obey the gospel this evening, 
The Bible says that you become a Christian when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, repent of your sin, and when you're baptized for the remission of your sin, having confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. And maybe you've been studying the gospel and you're ready to make that commitment this evening. You want to put on Christ in baptism. Or maybe you're here and you'd like for people to pray for you because maybe you wanna be a better servant. You wanna be closer to God and to know him better. We're happy to help with those needs or whatever needs you might have. Won't you make your way down the aisle while together we stand and while we sing?